The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to a hurricane edition of Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. With me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. She's safely ensconced in the potato country. I don't know about safe, but <laughs> <laughs> did you see my photo? Um, it looks like I reside in Silent Hill. Oh, is that all the smoke coming from California's wildfires? or? Oh God, in Montana and everywhere is on fire. There are fires oh. in Idaho, apparently, um, I oh, haven't man. looked today. Yeah, but yesterday our air quality board issued that it was maroon, and there's only one more, like, rating after that. But oh, so you're going to need to start wearing I? a gas mask, I guess. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, but who am I to whine, you guys? Well, yeah, we have uh, Mike and I. If you listen to our other podcast, Top 5 Movies, which both release on this, so I kind of assume if you listen to one, you probably listen to the other, but... Um, Mike and I both live in Florida. We are in central Florida, basically between Orlando and Tampa. Um, the hurricane has been very indecisive with if it was going to hit us just barely or if it was going to come right over us. Right now, I think they're saying it's going to come right over us, so everyone's really freaking out. Um, you know, we're a little nervous, and because of the hurricane, uh, it looks like top five movies is going to miss a week uh, for the first time in a long time. Um, I think we've only had one episode miss, and that was from uh, my laptop being stolen about a year ago. Um, otherwise, we've managed to make it every week. I don't think that's going to happen this week. Um, our schedules and dealing with the hurricane stuff is just not likely. And, of course, we don't know what the aftermath could be. Mike and I may be out of power for a few days or worse <sighs> if it's bad, um, if we're lucky. And we've been lucky for most of the time that I've lived here, 35 years, only once has any hurricane ever done damage to Polk County? And it happened three times in a row um, within like two months. So I'm hoping that that's not going to happen again. Um, there is another hurricane out there right now, but it is looking like it's not going to hit anything. Um, but you never know. So I, I apologize to our listeners that we're not going to be able to pull off our uh, top five this week. Um, it, but, you know, just know that we will be thinking and probably watching movies. I've already downloaded like 22 movies on my iPad. So when the power Dang. drops, I got things to watch for a little while. And I have a second iPod, iPad. Did I say iPod or iPad? Um, I have a second iPad uh, loaded up with movies for Taylor specifically that she's picked out and um, TV shows that she wants to rewatch. It's mainly rewatches for her. She like re she downloaded all the Stranger Things and things like that. Um, I just rewatched... I finished rewatching it yesterday. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be rewatching it too before the new season, but especially after seeing it last night, um, my daughter and I both went and saw it, and we were uh, pretty pretty excited about it. Um, my review for it is live on the website. Um, please read it. It is, I would say, it's completely spoiler free. But if you're really really paranoid about certain things. I might reference some, a couple that uh, you may not want to read kind of thing. But for the most part, I did not directly say what happens. And it is a story that I assume a lot of people have some knowledge of, given that it's a remake. But um, I still didn't disclose like how it ends or anything like that. Um, but it was great. And uh, my daughter loved it. Uh, what were your thoughts, Corey? Oh, wait. 
you haven't seen it, have you? Are you being a jerk? No. Yes, you are. Actually, you know what happened yes. was I forgot and started to just go into that conversation of what did you think? And then while I was saying it, realized that you probably hadn't seen it. So then the jerk thing no. came out. That's and legitimately I, what happened. <laughs> and if I feel better, we're going to try to see it Sunday. But you know that I steer clear, like, oh, you know, the first well, few days. Have you seen the, the numbers for last night? Um, yeah, I um, I did see that it, like, blew it out of the water. It broke a record for Thursday night openings in September. Um it was, and I kind of felt that that was going to be the case because my multiplex, which is usually pretty dead, was packed. Um, it was by oh. far the most packed I've seen it all summer since maybe Guardians, and it. Yeah. I think it was more packed than Guardians. I feel like it was closer to like a Star Wars release um, for my theater, and uh, I was I was shocked. I'm glad I got uh, like we got our tickets. There was nobody. There was no one in line to get tickets, and. I was about to walk away, and we were about 20 minutes early. We were about to walk away, and I heard a couple people walk up and say, uh, we're here, to, can we get two tickets to it? And then I looked inside, and there was a pretty long line of concessions, and I was like, you know what, let's go ahead and go get our seats, because I just got a feeling, and sure enough, it packed out. Like, it was crazy busy. Um, so I was glad that I decided that to go in. We were able to get seats that we wanted and we were you know comfortable with. Um and we we really enjoyed the film and and honestly uh i was worried because it is technically a horror film and there was a large crowd so i was afraid of somebody being an idiot but it was a really good large crowd everyone was great there was a few moments in the movie where like the whole audience reacted at the same time and there was like kind of a collective laugh afterwards after like we all like <gasps> or oh you know like <laughs> it was mm -hmm. a, it was a good movie going experience it's the ones you want to have where you're everyone's in the movie everyone's paying attention and having a good time and um, enjoying this pretty great film uh, with a really awesome cast of kids um, who really show what a child actor can do. And I think we're looking at a pretty strong future of uh, Hollywood actors um, in about you know five to ten years when they're in the adult range. So if you haven't seen It for whatever reason, maybe you're like Corey and you just avoid seeing opening night movies for some reason... Uh, I highly recommend it. I definitely do. And my daughter would say the same. Um, she loved it. And it's one she said today uh, she would go see it again in a heartbeat. So it's oh, a re dang. repeat watch type of movie. It's one I'm already it's on my list to buy when it comes out for sure because I, I thought it was great. Oh, heck. Um, that said, this week we're going to be reviewing Dave Made a Maze. Uh, but before we do that, we like to get into um, anything else that we saw before. Uh, or during this week. So is there anything you watched this week, Corey, that you want to mention? Yes, I watched today um, a movie called Intruders, and I feel like a jerk um, mm. because it had my boy Martin Starr in it, oh. but I didn't even recognize him oh, wow. the whole time. That's the whole crazy. time. Yeah, and it has Rory Culkin mm. in it. Um, it's about this agoraphobic woman, which is probably my future. Um, <laughs> she's like holed up in this huge, beautiful old house. And these people try to break in and rob her. And it just goes down. Hmm. It's called and in I started, Intruders? Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if it's on Showtime or I think it's on Showtime. And I started watching another movie and it was just stupid. Um, ah. So I like um, After Dark Horror, f horror Fest. 
um, but they pretty much stopped doing that. And there was another one. I think it's called like Ghosts, Ghost something, Ghost House, and it's um, curated by Sam Raimi and whoever else helped him with oh. Drag Me to Hell. But I, what was the name of the movie? I want to say like, uh, not Cursed. I can't remember what it's called, but it was so stupid, and I watched almost all of it, and then I just couldn't follow through. Oh man, so almost so finished, bad. and then gave up on it last second. Yeah. Huh? Well, yeah, it still had like 30 minutes to go. I couldn't invest any more time. I tried um, Tribeca Shortlist, which is another streaming service. There's so many of them out there now, but uh, if you find one that's got a cool like niche little audience for it, and I would say Tribeca does, but their big thing with Tribeca Shortlist is that uh, they have actors and directors and probably writers and other people um, pick a short list of movies so like they're curating so like if you like this director this month he's recommending these three movies and that's a really cool idea except from what i was looking at on the short list uh they are definitely picking their three movies from a very short list a literal like reduced oh. list so a lot of these director recommendations are the same like i think i saw the movie chicago on like 20 different people's list are you kidding no. i did not realize that i thought it was like oh hey just tell us your favorite films. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I think, how they market it. And I don't think, I, I, not, I've not seen Chicago. And I'm not insulting Chicago in any way. I've heard nothing but great things about the movie. I'm oh, just saying, sense. what are the odds that all the people that are currently picking pick Chicago? You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems. Yeah. And it wasn't just Chicago that was repeated. Although, I don't think any list had two movies the same that I saw. But several had one that they shared. And that told me they were picking from a pool of films rather than any film. Um, at least, you know, that's how I took it. But nonetheless, I was just giving it a try. And I came across uh, Layer Cake by Matthew Vaughn. Um, and Matthew Vaughn has directed Kick-Ass. Um, he's directed Kingsman, The Secret Service. And he's also directing the sequel, which comes out two weeks. Um very soon. And then he did X-Men First Class, which kind of brought life back into the X-Men franchise um, after a disappointing Last Stand film. And uh, he brought your boy, Michael Fassbender, to the, the franchise as Magneto as well. But um, this was, I think, his first film or his first big film. And it stars Daniel Craig, Tom Hardy. It doesn't really star Tom Hardy. He's barely in it. But uh, it stars Daniel Craig. Um, trying to think of who else. Uh, Sienna Miller has a very small part. Ben Wisha, uh, who is in um, the Bond movies, actually. He's in the last two Bond films with Daniel Craig, so I thought that was kind of cool that they did a movie together all these years ago. And I think he was in... Um, uh, oh, man, what was the movie with the shootout that we just saw from the A24? Oh, is it Free Fire? Yes, I think he's in Free Fire, if I'm not mistaken. But um, And he's in some other stuff. He's a good actor. But uh, I really liked Layer Cake a whole lot. Um, and... It's uh, about a drug dealer, but he doesn't call himself a drug dealer. He calls himself a businessman because he runs his, like, operation like a businessman. He sells predominantly cocaine, and so he deals more with, like, higher upper-class uh, guys in, in Europe and um, his system, and he has a set of rules. And then he thinks he's going to be retiring, and that's when everything starts to go wrong. And it's it's pretty great. Um, it's just – it's it's so interesting, and uh, Daniel Craig – I, I really like him in this movie a whole lot. Um, there's some really cool camera work. I mean, it's just it's just a real like I was engaged the entire time I was watching it, so I can't uh, over recommend it. And I'm just looking through some of the reviews on Letterbox, and everyone seems to be giving it about four to four and a half stars, and that's about where I feel it would go. 
There's a couple of negative reviews, but I think they're wrong. So, um, then, uh, that's really other than, uh, it and which I already talked about for too long. And, uh, Dave made a maze. I haven't watched anything else this week. Um, I have been playing destiny two though. If you guys are gamers out there, uh, destiny two came out. I have big destiny one fan. So I was really excited for the sequel and so far loving the sequel, maybe too much. Um, <laughs> With that, Corey, You're let's... just getting your money's worth. I am trying to before the hurricane, because who knows if you'll oh, still be no. here. Oh, um, no! Don't say that! I know, I gotta stop making the jokes, because it doesn't make anybody happy, but I can't help it. That's how I deal with stuff. That's um, how you deal with it. I wish you guys could just uh, fly up to Idaho. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, if something really goes wrong, I hope you're ready for some house guests. We're just gonna move Come on, I've got... <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> um, Never mind my living room. Yeah. So... <laughs> We're going to be looking at what's coming out on Tuesday, assuming that there's still movies left for me to watch. Um, September 12th, uh, there's three movies that we'll talk about. Uh, one I've not seen, but I've heard about, Beatrice at Dinner. Um, latest collaboration oh. between Miguel Arteta and Mike White. Um, all right, so it stars Connie Britton, David Warshawski. Wow, I really butchered that. Uh, Selma Hayek as Beatrice. And um, so I guess I should read this. The Orange County mansion of Kathy and Grant, where Beatrice, a holistic healer, clashes with a Trump-like Douglas Strutt, also uh, played by John Lithgow. Also attending the dinner are Strutt's third wife, Amy Landledecker, and a younger couple played by Jay Duplass and Chloe Sevigny. Uh, the comedy wow. earned decent reviews when it premiered at Sundance, and it has a 68 Metacritic. So um, I'll probably watch that. Uh, oh, and it looks like... No, it'll just be digital on Amazon. Sorry, I just thought it might be Amazon Studios for a second, but it, it does not say that. Um, then a movie that we both saw, and I think we both liked quite a bit, It Comes at Night, comes out on Tuesday. From I'm on the fence about that one. Okay, I liked it. Um, it's writer-director Trey Edward Schultz, uh, following his acclaimed debut, Krisha, which I also watched and enjoyed. Um, stars uh, Joel Edgerton, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Carmen Ejogo, Christopher Abbott, Riley Keough, who's in a bunch of stuff this year. She's been great. Um, she's in uh, Logan Lucky. I thought she was one of the better parts of Logan Lucky. And Griffin Robert Faulkner. Um, it's a movie about family living in the, the woods um, during a post-apocalyptic type event. We don't get much detail as to what. It's very intense, um, very thought-provoking. doesn't give you a lot of the information and leaves you wondering. I like this film. I definitely would recommend checking it out if you like suspenseful films. It is not a traditional horror film as it was marketed, so be mindful of that. Um, I liked it a lot. It's got a 78 Metacritic. Corey, what were your thoughts? Um, whole can of worms. I mean, but would you I... recommend people watch it and give it a chance, or would you say stay away from it if you don't like something? Give I would say give it a chance, but yes, definitely be mindful that it was marketed incorrectly, um, and that if you like answers and you don't like a lot of things kind of left in the air and open for interpretation, it might not be the movie for you, but I don't feel like it's a waste of time. Well, I hope you like movies that make you think, Corey. Um, I don't mind thinking. <laughs> I just felt like there were like no answers. There was nothing. I, I disagree, and I, I think the answers that we got were the only ones that they had to provide for the story's sake, but I, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, and the last movie that's coming out that we're going to mention, well, maybe not. I'm looking at, there's a shorter list. I might have to mention a couple. Uh, this one was an awful film called The Mummy. 
Um, oh, that was my favorite movie this year. Yes. I'm just kidding. I haven't even seen it. 34 Metacritic stars Tom Cruise, oh. um, Sophia B- Boutella, Annabelle Watts, Wallace, sorry, Jake Johnson, Courtney B. Vance, and Russell Crowe. Um, it is the first film of the Universal Dark Universe uh, film universe. Uh, man, that was too many words of the, of universe. Um, it's not going to be the last. Uh, they're definitely doing Invisible Man, who is supposed to be starring Johnny Depp, was the last I heard. I haven't heard anything to contrary to that. Um, contrary to that. Uh, it was not great. Um, they, they didn't know what it wanted to be. Um, a lot of the plot was kind of lame. And the, even the cool potential they have with the Dark Universe idea was not executed very well. Um, definitely disappointing overall. But if you like Tom Cruise, he's Tom Cruising it up. Um, if you like Jake Johnson, he's not doing what he normally does, but kind of is. Um, but yeah, so- Sophia Butella is good, I think, in this. She's good in most of the stuff I've seen her in. Um, I think she is, if I'm not mistaken, that's the actress who was in uh, Kingsman Secret Service and then Star Trek Star Beyond. Trek. <laughs> Great in those movies. Um, mediocre in The Mummy. Very good, although small part in um, Atomic Blonde. All right. Uh, Other ones notable, I won't get into as much detail, but uh, Captain Underpants is coming out on, which had a 69 on Metacritic. So one of the better animated films from the summer that most people did not see. So now might be your chance. Um, Okay, I guess that's the only other one that I want to mention. (laughs) thought there was a few more maybe, but of the four, I would say It Comes at Night is the must, unless you don't like suspenseful movies, and then check out Beatrice at Dinner, which I'm planning to check out. Corey, what are your... Do you have a pick over those? I Well, I would have to say it comes at night, but I will be checking out Beatrice as well. Ah, there you go. All right, and now we're moving into theaters. Um, if you haven't seen it, that's going to be your priority. However, there is a couple of good movies coming out on the 15th and one that I really want to talk about. So let's start with um, <gasps> All I See Is You. Um, I don't know what that one is. Hold on. I'm going to try to check this out. Um Oh, what did I do? Sorry, guys. I am not as prepared as I normally am because I've been preparing for a hurricane. So I'm having to like do this on the fly. And it's not working in every sense. Um, Oh, this is a Blake Lively, uh, Blake Lively movie. Jason Clark and Danny Houston, directed by Mark Forster. Still don't know what this is. Um, All I see is you. Huh. Corey, you got IMDb up? Corey, are you there? Yes. Oh. Yes. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I always mute when I'm not talking. Um. Yes, I have it up. Um. But for some reason, I swear that this guy kind of looks like Mark Ruffalo. Oh well. In the picture, but. What's it say about the movie? Because I know nothing it, about this. A blind woman's relationship with her husband changes when she regains her sight and discovers disturbing details about themselves. Shallow. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, I probably won't see that one. Um, I haven't heard. I I swear I've not seen a trailer for that even. I haven't heard anything about this. So, uh, Open Road Films uh, not promoting their movie, which is not uncommon for an indie film. It does say wide though. All right, so the big uh, action blockbuster that's coming out next week is American Assassin, that I know has Michael Keaton in it. I don't remember the other guy's name. And then there's the uh, the film killer guy that. Um, Dylan O'Brien is in it. And. There's a guy that you and Brendan have mentioned to me. I I don't remember his name, but he ruins movies. Um, he ruins movies. Yeah, when he's in it, not that dude. Hold on, I'm I'm pulling it up now because I gotta 
I got to see the name. I feel like it's Tyler or Taylor something um, that he, I he's not marketed in the first trailers for American Assassin. If that's because like the first trailers, I was really excited about this movie, and then the new trailer, um, they show like a whole bunch of plot twists that I'm like, oh no, they went too big and it's gonna suck. And oh nope, that's not him. Come on, where is he? Are you talking about Taylor Kitsch? That's the guy. That's it. I don't even know that guy. Oh really? <laughs> was it me? Yeah, I was just looking. It looks like he was in a, uh, uh, Logan. But yeah, I can't he, even remember. Oh, he was John Carter. He was in uh, Logan. Not Logan. He's not in Logan. He's in. Uh, oh, sorry. X Men Origins. Correct. Uh, the Wolverine, Wolverine, which is he played Gambit in that, and um. Oh, he was in True Detective. Yeah, he's in uh, two though, right? Is it season two? Yeah. Yeah. So that also another example. Um, Battleship. John Carter goes to Mars was a huge flop. Savages was a flop. Um. He was on Friday Night so, Live TV show. How does well. this guy keep getting work then? Well, he was in like um, John Tucker w- Must Die, which was uh, I don't remember that. Was that the cheerleading movie? No, I don't know. Okay. I know people loved it. I never saw it. Oh, he's on Snakes on a Plane too. Um, I just saw a movie that was not bad. What was it? Why don't I see? Oh, the lone, lone survivor, which I didn't see, but I've heard good things about from people that like military movies. Um, mm. But that doesn't mean it, it's got good critic scores. It has a sixty; it's not bad. Um, but otherwise, uh, he's predominantly crushed franchises, and his role in the movie was is actually the the part that looked really bad to the trailer to me is where it goes too far into like. Um, because the premise is this guy, Mitch Rapp is the character name, played by Dylan O'Brien, um, witnesses his girlfriend killed by terrorists, so starts training himself to go and kill terrorist cells, gets recruited by the government and put with Michael Keaton's character, Stan Hurley, to be trained to be an assassin. Um, but then that that all seemed kind of cool to me. And I was like, all right, cool. This is like a building of like a spy story. That's kind of interesting. But then we get the twist, which is um, Taylor Kitsch's character, whose name is Ghost, uh, was also trained by Michael Keaton, but now he's gone rogue and he's after them. So that's I'm like, no, not that pl- that plot's been done. Um, so it, I'm probably gonna see it. I have very low expectations. Um, I hope Michael Keaton's great because he usually is, and I hope there's at least some good action if nothing else. Um, but that leads us to the movie that I really can't wait for, especially because I want to know Corey if you've heard. Oh wait, I'm sorry, I gotta stop moving so fast. American Assassin, are you uh, are you planning on seeing that? Probably not. It doesn't. It didn't seem like a movie you would be into. That's why I kind of rushed past it. <laughs> You're like, and divert attention. No, I'm kidding. All right. So I watched, and if you've been listening to the podcast for the last couple of weeks, we watched two Darren Aronofsky films for Movie Club. We watched uh, The oh, Fountain. Yeah. And we watched um, The Wrestler. Um, but I've watched all of his films since uh, we started with The Fountain, but I've watched everything else he's done. Uh, Pie I saw last year. It's the only one I watched last year. I'm only missing else. that one. And you, you should watch it. It's really good. Um, and his newest film, Mother, comes out on the 15th. And right now it's sitting with an 83 on Metacritic. Um, but I've heard one, I saw a trailer in front of it that was way too spoiler heavy. Um, like showed way too much stuff. And the, the reactions, I think it debuted at TIFF or... If I'm wrong, if it's not TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, it did debut at a film festival somewhere. I think it was that one. Um, and th- people are saying that you will be 
messed up afterwards. Like that, the third act is crazy, and it's gonna leave you like just messed up. Like that. That's I don't know how I forgot. I wish I, I had know. the quotes. I would love to hear what they had to say because I feel like any I just feel like you should expect that with him. Well, okay, so I'm I just pulled up the different reviews, and so there's a hundred a uh, hundred Metacritic score from Jessica Kiang from the playlist, and I'm just going to read this paragraph. Mother is something truly magnificent. The kind of visceral trash art house experience that comes along very rarely means as much or as little as you decide it does and spits you out into the daylight, dazzled, queasy, delirious, and knock-kneed as a newborn ch- a newborn calf. Um, and then this guy, Robbie Collin from The Telegraph, a sick joke, an urgent warning, and a roar into the abyss. Mother earns this exclamation mark three times over and more. Um, if you haven't seen Mother, it does have an exclamation point on its title. Um, this one, uh, John Bleasdale from Cineview. Yes, it is pretentious, but pretension is also about ambition, and this is cinema that was willing to kick out the lights. Um, and then this the last one, this is from The Guardian, which is, if I'm not mistaken, a Christian publication. Uh, Peter Bradshaw, as horror is a... It, as horror it is ridiculous as comedy it is startling and hilarious and as a machine for freaking you out is a it is a thing of wonder all of those were 100 uh reviews on metacritic um so a variety of of point of views um it's just the new trailer they really like emphasize how crazy this movie is um like that was like the big thing. It's like it's insane. You're gonna lose, and you're not gonna know. And, and they showed way too much stuff from the clearly the third act that really upset me. But I, I'm excited about it. I don't know what to expect at all. Um, I I expect to be kind of confused because that's I think every movie but the wrestler left me very very confused. Um, to some degree, even Noah had me slightly confused about some things. Um, not. Not as much as like Black Swan. I was very confused and needed like to listen to other people who had analyzed it kind of break some things down for me. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Uh, I wasn't really confused with Requiem, um, but I did. Just sad. Yeah, definitely very down after Requiem. The Fountain definitely confused a little, but not as much as I was with Black Swan. Black Swan definitely, I don't think I got the message uh, without someone else kind of pointing it out to me, but I... I definitely picked up on the fountain's message, which was pretty heavy-handed, um, but in a interesting way. Um, and I'm forgetting something. I always do this with him. Oh, Pi. Well, yeah, but Pi was is older, so I don't even know. If, like, it's definitely a little confusing, but it also ends, I think, in a much more straightforward, like, f- final of a way. Am I missing another movie? I think he has eight. <clears throat> Fountain, Requiem, Black Swan. Oh, maybe not. Maybe that's all of them. But um, I am. I'm very intrigued by Mother. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what about you? I um, haven't seen too much. I, last movie I went to see, um, I like came in halfway through a very short trailer um, for it. It was very vague. Um, I'm interested in seeing it. I've enjoyed all of his. Well, I've can't really say I've enjoyed them, but yeah, I've <laughs> you know I've. You know, you respect him as a filmmaker. He's he's yes. a very talented guy. Um, he <laughs> definitely is not afraid to do whatever he thinks he needs to do to make the movie, which is kind <laughs> of what I'm expecting about Mother. Now, I did hear an interesting thing, and I heard this before the movie screened, so I don't think it's a spoiler. But there was some rumors circulating um, because the name of the movie and some of the uh, 
the plot points that are hinted at in the trailer that um, this would be this movie could be a secret remake of Rosemary's Baby. Oh God! Now I don't think remake is the accurate phrase. Reimagining. Yes, I think reimagining is more accurate. Like, because it's clearly not trying to recreate um, the look of the film. You know, as in uh, they're not in an apartment, and it. it I don't think it's going to be paced the same either. Although um, it is listed at two hours and one minute for the runtime, but um, the idea, the title that it's mother, um, and then that these two people come to the house um, uninvited, apparently. Um, and they seem to be into the husband, which is similar to Rosemary's Baby, and the kind of ditzy, clueless-looking wife who maybe is not happy with her life but is just kind of stuck in the house. Uh, the, there's definitely some reasons to to think that it could be that. Um, I'm kind of- I'm kind of interested, though, because I know that you've seen, like, the posters or something where she looks like she's made out of ceramic or yeah, something, and just it's, like, chipped. It. Yeah, yep. Um, so, and the newer trailer I just saw that does feel like there's some spoilers in it doesn't confirm that, and I don't, it may not even be that it's, um, like, directly in, he may not be reimagining rosemary's baby but maybe in the same vein of the story concept um but again tiff is out it's it's been seen now and i haven't heard anyone make that comparison since so it feels like if it was that that would have been like oh he didn't he pulled the wool over her eyes or something would be leaking and i haven't heard anything like that so i'm just gonna go with uh i can't wait to see it hope hope i get to go see it on thursday like it is a very real possibility that even if i'm okay which i hope i am um, that our movie theater could be damaged and we might have to go farther away to see things, which will make Thursday nights a little harder for me. But I'll have to wait and see um, if, if all goes well. This, the the South is uh, flooding and being beaten to death by storms. And I don't know if you heard there was an earthquake in Mexico today. At an 8.1. Uh, yeah, a big, big earthquake. Several people died from what I've heard. And then there's a hurricane just hanging out outside of Mexico right now um, waiting to go in apparently. And then it, at the north and west are on fire, as Corey mentioned. Uh, so everything is crazy. Uh, hopefully everyone's going to be okay. Um, I think we're ready to get into our review of Dave Made a Maze. Okay. So, uh, we'll start with the, the basics. It's directed by Bill Watterson, written by Steven Sears, Bill Watterson, and others. Um, other being himself. I hate when IMDb does that. Um, Steven Sears has two credits. He has a screenplay and story credit. Um, it stars Mira Rowett Kumhani, and I butchered her name so bad. Corey, if you're looking at that, do you want to try saying her name? Um, Mira Rowett Kumbani. I feel like you did okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, as Annie, Nick Thune as Dave, Adam Br- uh, Bush as Gordon, James Urbanaki as Harry, and Frank Cat- Katie. Kayeti as boom operator, Scott Narver as cameraman, and I think that's the big <laughs> stars. Um, yeah, Scott Nar- Narver must not have done any other films. He doesn't have a picture up. Um, just kind of dying because they're like in the whole movie pretty much. Oh yeah, and they weren't given names. <laughs> it's a great little thing. Here's the plot summary on IMDb: Dave, an artist who has yet to complete anything significant in his career. Builds a fort in his living room out of pure frustration, 
only to wind up trapped but uh, by a fantastical pit. Oh, I'm sorry, by the fantastical pitfalls, booby traps, and critters of his own creation. Um, let's do our initial thoughts, and then we'll get into spoilers. Um, what were your initial thoughts of Dave Made a Maze? What did I get myself into? <laughs> well, I guess technically I got you into this. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's all. I'll save the rest. Oh, okay. Um, I really liked this movie a whole lot. Um, in fact, I will talk more about all the details of why I liked it in the spoilers because I think this is a movie that it's better to go in with not knowing exactly what to expect, but... If you appreciate independent filmmaking and more like innovative filmmaking, uh, the set design and the production of this movie is fantastic and uh, really, really innovative. And I think it kind of showcases what you can do on a super low budget with a really big imagination, um, which I think is kind of part of what the movie is even trying to say um, in a lot of ways. So, um, okay, uh, let's get in spoilers, Corey. Spoiler warning. Um, if you want to go check out Dave Made a Maze before you listen to this um, review, please do so. Otherwise, full steam ahead. Um, this one was a little harder to get a hold of, yes? A little more money. Uh, you have to be willing to shell out because it is still, I guess, technically not on home video yet. This is one of those uh, digital, while oh. it's still in theaters, releases, which I didn't know when I went to grab it. Um, I knew, or I'm sorry, I didn't know when I picked it last week. I knew it was on digital. I assumed it was regularly released on digital, so you could rent it for like three to four bucks. But instead, it was a rental for seven bucks, or buy it for fourteen. Um, which it was actually buy it on Fandango now. I found it for twelve ninety nine, um, which is where I bought it, and I'm happy that I bought it because I really, really do like it. Um, but it is available on all the platforms. So if you are waiting for it to go to actual home video, it's understandable. Um, it is I. Uh, for me, it was a blind buy because I knew enough about it and my own taste. I don't think this is a movie that everyone should blind buy, but if you're into independent films, if you're into innovative stories and fairly original stories, um, I think this is uh, a, a blind buy. It is uh, got a 60 on Metacritic, though, and that's worthy of note. Um, so some critics, only nine critics have reviewed it, though. Um, but the positive ones, Justin Lowe from The Hollywood Reporter says, wildly inventive on a micro-budget scale, Actor Bill Watterson's shift to directing is an impressively crafted feature that's full of frequent surprises. Um, that's an 80 on Metacritic. Bill Goody Newts, Goody Kuntz, um, for the Arizona Republic said, "Weird is one word for it, and it is certainly it certainly applies. But so does creative, inventive, compelling, and finally good." Dave Made a Maze is all of those things. A one of a kind movie from director and co-writer Bill Watterson. And then one more, Roger Moore, Movie Nation, actor-turned-director and co-writer Bill Watterson keeps the tone light and the surprises surprising for the most part. The energy flags as the picture loses a little of its momentum in the middle acts. It's only 80 minutes long, so even that doesn't hurt it much. And that's a 75. So those are the three most positive critic scores on Metacritic, um, and I think worthy of note, because not a lot of people will have heard of this movie. This film has been uh, kind of relegated to the film film festival circuit, um, I know that it was at the Florida Film Festival, and I wasn't able to see it there, which is why I wanted to watch it now. Um, Corey, what do you want to say about this movie? Oh, heavens. I um, I feel like it's a story that a lot of people can identify with, though. Not um, the whole story, but the idea of it, that he is feeling frustrated and like he hasn't done anything significant. Yep. 
Yep, definitely. I feel like that is, you know, will hit home with a lot of people. Um, and I do agree with some of their um, – you know that it's a low-budget film, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And I loved some of their um, – some of the different, like um, – Oh my gosh, media that they used, like um, glitter and streamers and oh. things like that. Um, I loved uh, the part where I think her name is Bryn. Yes. Gets her head cut off. Yes. And yes. it's just red, glittery. Like, it looks kind of like, um, what is that called? Angel hair? What is it uh, for, like, Christmas trees? Oh, like tinsel. Like red tinsel. Tinsel. Yeah. yeah it's like thick red tinsel and it just goes, sh- you know, shooting out of her neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Oh, God, I can't even remember all of the uh, things. I loved um, when they're, like, I'm all over the place with this, but I'm going to talk about all the, um, the death. Oh, my God, words. Yes. Um, I loved also when they were going down the um, pipe and they went from being humans to being bag puppets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like little hand puppets uh, made out of paper bags. Yes. We're talking brown paper sacks, guys, like for yeah. your lunch. Um Gosh, the um, I liked when the there were different things that would like turn into cardboard throughout the movie, and mm-hmm. then it would like go back because like he says at one point that nothing is um, permanent in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything's um, growing and changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you can go ahead. Well. I, I one I really want to comment on the cast. I love Nick Thune, who is uh, Dave, the title character. Um, you don't see him for I think like fifteen minutes um, or so, as he when we first uh, we meet Annie first. She comes home to find this big box, uh, like fort essentially in the living room, but it, it's not really that big. It doesn't look big enough to hold a person, and that's where the humor immediately begins and kind of tells you what type of movie this is going to be because he's like it's bigger on the inside, and uh, Dave's inside we can hear him and he sounds really distant and echoey like he's in a big chamber not in a cardboard box like it doesn't sound like somebody who's just sitting in a cardboard box in their living room so right away you're you're under the impression that this is not reality this is some kind of you know version of reality where something interesting is happening and she's kind of thrown by it at first and then uh, he has her call his friend Gordon and Gordon's hilarious um, Gordon has a beard and they do this where's my beard at on my face or I can't I wish I remembered verbatim but that made me laugh so hard uh each time um and i also i think it's worthy of note i've been cramming a lot into this week this week's been super busy and so wednesday night my daughter goes to youth group and um i'm trying to conserve gas because of the hurricane so i it's it's a good 15 minutes away from our house and i drive a truck so i didn't want to drive there home and then drive back to get her and back home again so i downloaded the movie on my ipad and watched it in the truck while she was at youth group, which just happened to be the exact right amount of time for this movie. So I didn't watch it in the most pristine conditions. Like usually I don't want to watch a movie for the first time on an iPad in a truck, you know, in the heat, mind you, because I didn't have my truck running because I'm trying to conserve gas. So I have the windows rolled down in Florida, which does nothing. Um, <laughs> but even with that, and and it should be noted that on Tuesday night, I went to get Destiny 2 at 11 o'clock, um, I had to pick Taylor up from, uh, she went to see Green Day on Tuesday night. We didn't get home till 12. I didn't fall asleep till 12.30, and then on Wednesday morning, I was up at 5.30 to go to work. Ooh. 
So I had just about five hours of sleep, and it was not a good five hours. Like, the first hour, I was very aware of the fact that I wasn't sleeping well. You know, that, like, kind of in-between state where you're kind of asleep. But, yeah, and um, so I I was not rested. And at some point in this movie, and I do not fault the movie, and I enjoyed this movie very, very much, but I did nod off for, like, half a second. Like, my head dropped, and I... immediately came back up and I had to oh yeah I need to reposition myself because the way I was sitting in the truck and I think with the heat I was just way too comfortable and I started to fall asleep because I was exhausted um and so the movie had all of that against it and I still loved it and I think that's um important to note because I was fighting my own sleepiness I was fighting the the hot truck I was fighting like finding the right lighting because if I moved the iPad the wrong way there was a bad glare so I had to like hold it just right um you know, it's on an iPad, so it's and it's not a big. It's the iPad Mini, even so, it's not a huge screen. Um, and yet, this movie was amazing to me in a lot of ways, especially as a. I wouldn't say I'm an inspiring filmmaker, but I definitely, um, you know, I teach my students about making films, and so I, I often try to encourage them to be more inventive and less, um, you know, don't just try to recreate the summer blockbusters. And this movie, I think, really showcases what you can do with a, a big imagination. And it's, in a way, that's what the story is about. Because Dave made this giant maze um, as because he's an artist and he was just frustrated that he couldn't do anything. And so he's really hell-bent on finishing this. And that's kind of like, they're like, why don't we just destroy it? And he's like, no, please don't destroy it. I made this. I'm proud of it. Um, but it, it's magical and it's taken on a life of its own and everything's gone wrong. And it, we, at some point you find Dave has a cardboard hand, which I think is a really cool effect. Too. It <laughs> yeah. looks awesome. Oh, and there, sorry, there's a part where they come upon something that well, well, puts them it. in a trance-like state. And I was like, is oh. that what I think it is? It's a cardboard uh, v- vagina. Let's be real. It's, that's what it's yeah. supposed to be. I was like, what? And Dave's just staring real hard at it. <laughs> yeah, they're all of the guys are. All of them. Yeah, they're just like, I don't know. There are some uh, some dick and vagina jokes in this movie. So uh, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it earns its R. It's not a hard R, but there's definitely, uh, in fact, it doesn't technically have an R rating because it's not. Oh. Um, it's listed as TV-14 on uh, IMDb for some reason. I don't know why it would have a TV rating. It has not been on TV anywhere, but... Um, I don't know what why that would have that, but it's definitely got some cursing in it. Um, there's no nudity or anything, but it is it's gonna have some interesting language. The biggest name though in this movie is a, a former wrestler, um, John Hennigan, uh, who is um oh, I'm trying to remember oh. his name. Um his wrestling name. Uh I'm having I'm not thinking of it, but he was tag team partners with the Miz for a long time back in WWE. He left Johnny WWE. Nitro? Uh, that was one of his first characters, but that was not his last. John Morrison, that was his last character. Um, he had a really cool stylized entrance where, like, it would they shot it in slow motion, and he kind of had like a Jim Morrison type look about him. Like, he wore a big fur coat and was very charismatic. Um, and he was on one episode of uh, Glow, the Netflix series about female wrestlers. Um, I was hoping he was going to be in more, but. Um, Unfortunately, he only was in the one, and so he's the Minotaur in this movie, uh, which looks awesome. You don't actually see his face in this movie, um, but he's wearing a big cardboard bull like mask, but it's not supposed to be a mask. It's he's a Minotaur. He's half cardboard bull, half man, and um, that's a very you know Greek mythology. The labyrinth Theseus goes, and he has to slay the Minotaur. 
so that's definitely a play on that um that old myth and dave had been telling everyone you know just don't don't come in here because you'll get trapped and eventually of course they're all going to go in and way too many people go in like way way too many people go into the maze um and we have deaths like Corey was talking about and the deaths are innovative they're really cool i love each one of them like they start shooting silly string at some point um when they get stabbed with by spikes like silly string shoots out and then i think one of the creepiest things in the movie is brin uh, the cardboard brin yes she's still like it's a her head is on the ground and she's turned a um cardboard and she starts talking to them yeah. and it's like high five trying to be a trickster yeah she's a high five she was an annoying character anyways i know that that was her part in this movie but yeah well that was definitely her role she was overly enthusiastic um i think that's Bryn, right the, the one who was like super <laughs> excited about going in um yeah it, it's she's funny um but in a kind of obnoxious way uh but Corey mentioned the the camera guy and the boom operator because um, one of the friends is a documentarian. So he's making a documentary about Dave's maze. And uh, I think his name is Harry. Um, James Urbanayak is the actor's name. Um, and I love that part of the film anyways. Like I love the whole idea of him making a documentary about his friend who made a maze um, and how he's like kind of dictating. It's not really a documentary because he keeps telling them to like act and it's kind of maybe poking fun at some documentaries that are more more fiction than truth um as he'll be like okay now say it with more emotion it's like well that's that's not how she said it that's not how you capture it if she didn't say it that way you're not supposed to capture it that way and it's i liked a little bit of the commentary on that and then i think even as a whole the movie's message is about the film like that these um people crap on your art people don't give your art an opportunity um, they, they're too willing to destroy it rather than letting it be what it is. And, um, I think I, I wish I had watched it today instead of Wednesday. Um, so my memory was a little more fresh on it, but that was one of the things that really resonated with me is that the idea of the, uh, the artist not being able to express themselves if it doesn't meet a certain expectation. Um, and even like that, that self fear that he has, cause there's a really cool sequence cause that's Annie. Um, who is Mira Rohit, whatever her last name is. Um, she's either a really talented actress or a really bad actress that just happens to pull this off well enough. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. sometimes it was a little too animated. It was a little too much. Her performance? Yeah. Well, like, in... Mm, I don't even know if it's her performance or if it's, like, the character she's portraying. Uh, yeah. Well, see... It- there were times where I thought she was not doing enough where she was almost too straight face and too almost indifferent to what was going on. Not enough reaction. Um, and it felt like she was trying to play concern or sad, but it came <laughs> off more indifferent to me than, than either one of those emotions. Um, but then, yeah, then other times she was very into it and very like excited about things. And, um, and but again, I don't think it was bad. I kind of feel like it worked in the world of the film. So it might be that I don't know. It, it was she was the the biggest question mark to me um, out of the performances, and not in a huge like negative way. Just it wasn't. She was the one yeah, doing the weirdest stuff. Yeah. Um. I also, you guys know, I'm 87, and I always watch everything with subtitles, and I'm 
greatly pissed off when those aren't available to me unless I'm at the movie theater. And this movie had one of my favorite subtitles in history. Oh. It said, awful piano music continues. <laughs> like, During okay. the, the piano wall scene? Where the, all the yes. keyboards. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I loved all the sets. Uh, the sets are... So we go into the cardboard maze. And so that means all the walls on everything, everything is made out of cardboard. And that's not untrue. Like the, the walls are like, like it's interesting because it's like more like cardboard collage. It's not like a single wall of cardboard. It's like they cut up cardboard and like pasted it all over the place. And then there's things that are get real constructed. Some look awesome. Like there's a octagon shaped uh, room that him and, and Annie sit in, Dave and Annie sit in. And there's all these holes and light coming through. Kind of felt like... um. 2001 space odyssey to me a little bit like the way uh i think i'm right that there's a cylinder scene in that movie i hope so otherwise i'm making stuff up but um it seemed it elicited that thought to me i don't know if that's what they were going for or if i just you know put that on it but um oh and then the room with all the origami swans and stuff and they attacked them yeah and they were really cool it was like it felt like jurassic park almost in a way the way they were like coming to life and chasing after them but even like the giant tiki head in the back that looks to be made out of cardboard is insane. It's so cool. The mouth opens, they all dive into the mouth. Um, the, the, the scene, the room where the, it's all forced perspective where like, it looks like there's a table and chair, but then you find out that the table is like really small and tiny. And then, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? There's like, it's a surrealist it room where there's a painting on the wall on the right, but then you find out that it's not a painting. It's like a cutout of the cardboard. Like it's basically flat. But it looks deep in like a full room because of the way they've made the forced perspective. Is that the same room where he like climbs into a box or something on the table? Yes, and that's how I think he okay. exits the scene, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. That scene was just it was so brilliant, and again, a really cool use of filmmaking of forced perspective is something you do in photography. If you've ever seen a picture of somebody like holding the uh, leaning tower of Pisa, um, that's the effect is forced perspective and. Uh, I've never seen it used that well in a live action film sequence um, that is that calls attention to itself, I guess I should say. It's been used in dozens of things. Um, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings use force perspective at times to make Gandalf look like he's a giant next to, you know, Bilbo Baggins, who's a they're in real life. They're about the same size, I think. Um, they did use some digital to do that, too, but there was also some force perspective in that. But uh, just that that sequence was just so great. Um and that's what I really think stood out to me. Like, I, I found the movie very funny, but the set design uh, was so inspiring just to see them make this world of cardboard um, something that we could probably get tons of. You know, if you go to, like, stores and ask for their, their boxes, you could probably get tons of cardboard and build your sets from that. And it's it's done in a way that looks really good, though, too. It's not just, like, it's not like a Swede film where they've, you know, they've, they're making cheap looking costumes and like like the minotaur costume is amazing that it's made out of cardboard like it, it looks great it's granted you see it's made out of cardboard but it's uh, it's amazingly made out of cardboard it doesn't look like a three-year-old made it or something you know yeah it reminded me of um like the texture and stuff to it those um cardboard ones that you can get at like target or they're like the moose head you can put on your wall or something yeah um, yeah yeah and Looked really rad i i really found uh adam bush and nick thune's chemistry to be very funny the camera up man and the boom operator um were both 
integral parts of the story, like how they would uh, insert themselves into scenes. I hadn't even noticed because I was watching on an iPad. The cameraman kept spitting, but I didn't know what he was spitting until Mm -hmm. they became a plot point when the sunflower seeds were like the Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs. I didn't realize that was what he was spitting either, though. Okay, so maybe it wasn't just uh, my my small screen. I thought maybe I just couldn't see what he was spitting, but... No. Okay, so, yeah, they do give us a close-up. How did you find us? Yeah, and he kicks the seeds. I'm like, oh, he's been spitting seeds. That makes sense. Um, Because I was waiting for a string, because the traditional story of uh, Theseus is that he was given a long piece of yarn or something that he was able to track to the entrance of um, the, the maze or the labyrinth. Um, and that's what I was expecting them to do here. Um, but they, they didn't, but the sunflower seeds kind of played that role, but again, more reminiscent of the breadcrumbs from Hansel and Gretel, but. Well, obviously I need to brush up on some, uh, you know, Greek mythology. Well, I used to teach Greek mythology, um, as part of English where we would read the Odyssey and then we'd spend a lot of time looking through mythology and it was something that fascinated me. And then I read all the Percy Jackson books. Um, which introduce okay. a lot of mythology into the world. Um, they're not all accurate to the traditional myths, but it's close enough because um, there are variations of the myths because no one was writing them down. You know, they were it was bards would tell the tales, so it was it was you know there's different uh, iterations of a lot of the myths depending on which region of Greece um, and who was credited as the uh, the storyteller. But a lot of those myths and a lot of the Greek. Uh, God still embed themselves into movies and cultures all the time um, and even just into our like history like if you go to Washington there's tons of Roman and Greek mythology embedded in all of our monuments and stuff too so um, it's something I'm I'm kind of a I don't read much on now but for a while I was very intrigued by and was uh, kind of investing a lot of knowledge into that realm um, and again even if you read comic books because Wonder Woman's tied to Greek mythology and Marvel comics have many Greek or Norse mythology, even characters. Thor is a North. Uh, the whole Thor universe is all North Norse mythology, but there is a Hercules um, Marvel character that's built around the Greek myth. So I mean, it's out there. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about Dave Made a Maze, Corey? No, I. Mm-mm. All right. Well, I'm gonna let you give your rating first, and then I'll give mine since oh, I picked the movie. Gee, I'm the worst. Okay. Sorry, guys. This is my <laughs> least favorite part, and I'm never prepared, so there's that. You should try being prepared. <laughs> oh, says, no, you're preparing for a hurricane. Yeah, thank you. I, <laughs> um, I was just picking anyways. I know. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Not Quite Golden Pony Boy. Okay. I, it didn't seem like you really liked it, though, so I wasn't expecting that. It's this is what happens, though, when we talk about movies. I'm like, oh. Okay. Okay, well, good. Like, if I could text you while I'm, like, watching <laughs> it, but we don't talk about the movies before the podcast. No, that's so. right. That's This is our first conversation about it. Um, yeah. Okay, well, good. Well, I'm glad I, I made you like it a little more because I, I really loved it. I'm leaning towards must-see. I think I'm going to go not quite golden, though, because um, – I don't think it's for everybody. I think it clicked with me in a lot of ways. Uh, the, the humor worked really well for me. Even uh, some of the delivery was a little um, not professional acting type delivery where it felt like they were reading lines from a script, but it still worked because the jokes were good. Like, so I, I was okay with the delivery being a little, a little, um, what's the word I want? Like, like, well, wooden maybe. Um, 
even I don't want to say deadpan because deadpan is like Bill Murray and Bill Murray's deadpan is nowhere near what these guys are doing. Like that's way that's tears above what these guys were doing. But it's at the same time, like it feels a little like here, say this and I'm going to say it back. Not as confidently as I would if I made it up myself um, and or if I was a better actor. Someone's know? feeding me these lines. Yeah. Um, and again, I think they work still. But there were a few where I was like, OK, that could have been a little little bit little more enthusiasm or a little more uh you know like say well, like you believe it kind of thing well that is true but at the beginning where we find out he's been in the maze for three days but supposedly he hasn't gone to the bathroom oh yeah and and says exactly <laughs> what we're all thinking she's like where does he poop and stuff or something like that yeah and it was like not very good delivery but holy heck if i was not thinking it right at that moment yeah and then him like, like i didn't poop on the living room floor guys like <laughs> i think that oh, he man. was he was pretty good in this. i do want to say nick thune though was fantastic i really i don't uh know him from anything um else really he's in knocked up as allison's friend uh so obviously a small part looking to see he's in 37 things but nothing that i seem to know um, I'm, I'm willing to watch some stuff to see him. I think he's been on Douglas movies though. Um, not a hundred percent on that, but I really do like Nick Thune in this film that if he, if his next movie, I'm probably going to give it a watch because I enjoyed his, uh, character. He's very believable. It even opens with the documentary footage that we get in the middle. Um, I'm not a fan of that. The cold open like that where they give you that scene and then like we will eventually get back to that scene later on yeah i they did that in wild and they do that a lot now it's something they did it, the worst example of it was in don't breathe um from last year where we open with him dragging uh -huh. her across the street and you're like what cut to not that and then like by the end of the movie we see that scene again it's just like uh why did you do that like it's like they don't know how to gracefully open the film yeah. how to get us like you know although this one i i give a little forgiveness because it was documentary footage so it could be that the documentary came out and that was from the documentary, and then we were seeing the events of the documentary being filmed. Like, you could try to justify the choice there because it was a different even style because the documentary shots, when we see from that camera, look handheld and look like a documentary, but the rest of the film doesn't. It's very polished and, and looks like a film, looks more like a traditional, you know, one-camera film um, setup. And so you could maybe argue that and I would be more willing to forgive it, but it is something that tends to annoy me more than work for me. <clears throat> that said, I am going to lean, I'm going to go ahead and go with my gut and say must see overall though for this and move into uh, what we're going to do for next week, assuming everything is okay. Um, and that is not a joke, uh, even though I say it with a little, little bit of humor, but I don't know what our power situation is going to be. Um, we are delaying top five movies uh, for this week as a result of the hurricane and um, scheduling and who knows what the aftermath might be. It could be nothing. We've, again, out of 35 years, only one year has ever had any damage. Um, it just happened to be three hurricanes did damage and it was a very bad for most people in the area. Although, personally, I was barely affected and I, it was we just where I was living. We didn't have electricity in Lake Wales. I was living in Winter Haven at the time and we were okay um, where I was, but we were still, there was damage around us. Uh, we just didn't have it as bad as Lake Wales, which now I'm more in Lake Wales. So I'm a little more, um, a little more nervous about the potential power outages and stuff, but we won't know until it happens. And that's the, that's what we're, we're right now is the waiting phase. And it's the worst part because you're just watching it slowly come towards you. It's like, 
watching Jason approach you but being stuck in tar and you can't move away from him but he's not moving any faster and you're just like well I know I'm probably going to die but I just got to sit here and wait. So and, this is just great. Yeah, it's it's a very frustrating <laughs> position because you like there's hope that maybe someone will come rescue you from the tar but you don't really know and you're just waiting and you see this thing that if you can't get out of its way it's bad but where are you going to go and uh that's where we're at right now and it's it's kind of torturous um but i hope that we will be back next week with episode 37 for uh movie club and with that in mind Corey, what movie are you picking for next week's movie club I feel like I need to sell myself a little bit here because I have been adulting so well. Um, I've been going through Criterion and picking out some movies. Oh, very good. So I picked for this week or next week, Meantime with Tim Roth and Gary Oldman. Interesting. I don't know this movie. Mean as I don't in like either. Um, angry mean? Like mean? I think Meantime, like it's one word. Like oh, there in the is. meantime. Ah, I got it. Got it. Got it. I should have known better. Um, all right. Meantime, is it from 1984? Yeah. Wow. I didn't, man, these guys have to be like kids in this, right? Like, yeah, I'm except expecting a baby Tim Roth. Oh, and Alfred Molina's in this too. Ooh. He was uh Dr. Octopus in, um, the Spider-Man two movie and he's in a bunch of other stuff, but that's the movie where a lot of people know him. And who is, I saw Peter White, if I'm not mistaken, was in Dumb and Dumber. Oh no, no, no! He's in Hot Fuzz though. Um, oh, he's I think the uh, bartender in Hot Fuzz. Roy Porter. Wow, he's got a, a lot of film credits. He must be a very solid character actor. But um, okay, so meantime is going to be episode thirty-seven. Whether that is uh, Sunday the seventeenth or the following week will to- totally depend on the hurricanes. Um, we will be back both with top five. I really do hate missing a week with top five, but we will be back with top five after the hurricanes and we will be back with movie club. Hopefully um, I'm going to go ahead and actually post this episode on Saturday because I will uh, be in a place without internet on Sunday, uh, you know, sh- sheltering myself from the storm. So I'm going to go ahead and post the episode early. So if you're listening to this, uh, the hurricane has not hit me yet, but yes, pay attention to the news and, uh, you know, good thoughts out to all of Florida and all of the islands. Uh, the Irma has been a vicious, vicious bitch. And I'm sorry for cursing, but what else can you say about this hurricane? She is destroying everything in her wake uh, in the islands and is heading, looks like, up the gut. I think it's even coming after you, Corey. I don't know if you saw the, if you're looking at hurricane projections, but they have this what? thing going into like Kentucky. And like, I'm just like, oh, maybe it's going after the, the Floridians who left. Like, <laughs> We'll teach you. I'm just um, kidding. So yeah, it's uh, it it was originally going to go out, like more into the Atlantic and hit the Carolinas, and now it shows it going towards like the Midwest. So I mean, it'll be really weak by the time it gets to like Kentucky, but um, lots of rain probably. But Dang. and to be fair, I have not seen a projection since like five o'clock. So I, it could have changed again because it's been changing rapidly for the last two days. Um, but. Yeah, folks, we will be back. We will be watching Meantime, which is a Criterion film, Corey said, um, which means it's available on um, Filmstruck and uh, that you can get a free trial of Filmstruck. I wish I could say if you use offer code Burke Reviews, but that's not real. So um, yet, yet. Yes. Uh, but um, so far, I've enjoyed Filmstruck quite a bit. Uh, it's a Criterion film, which speaks highly of it. Um, 
I'm guessing this is a British film. It's directed by Mike Lee and written by Mike Lee. That's a weird credit I've never seen before. It doesn't say, it says Divisor instead of screenplay or story, which I'm now wondering if that means it's um, improv. Oh. That's interesting. I've never seen that on uh, IMDb before. I don't know what that is. Um, interesting. All the more reason to watch it. So uh, we'll be checking that one out. And again, it'll be episode 37. Just when that is is now in question. So um, hopefully next Sunday we'll be back. And Corey, be safe out there with all that smoke, though, because that's dangerous, too. In fact, that's probably more dangerous um, to everybody. Like, because the hurricane, we might just get rain and wind and nothing go wrong, where smoke inhalation is bad all the time. <laughs> yes. You guys stay safe. And you as well. Folks, thank you for listening. We'll be back. Peace. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.